Clay Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Happy Friday. More than a pleasure to have him with us again. Brad is my co-host and partner in crime every Friday. He runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Uh, Brad, thanks for being with me on this Friday, and welcome. It's always a pleasure to be on with you, Leslie. This morning I was asked on Fox, why are the Democrats demanding action on guns when they say Republicans are talking about terrorism and safety? Let's talk about the guns first. It's not just Democrats, but even Americans are demanding action against guns rather than defining or trying to spread racism, bigotry, Islamophobia, fear, or wishing thoughts and prayers. Americans are demanding action, and they're demanding action against guns, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Leslie. The latest poll that I've seen on guns uh, came out mm, about five weeks ago. It was a poll, national poll done by CBS News. They asked a very simple question. Do you favor or oppose background checks on all gun buyers? 92% of Americans, which is just about pretty much everybody, said they thought that was a good idea. Um, everybody, um, except some NRA members and some Republican members of Congress, think it's a good idea. Um, well, obviously, some members of Congress think it's a good idea, and the majority of Americans want universal background checks. But what other actions do Americans want? And I say that because... You know, the, the the legislators of which the House has a majority in both – I mean, excuse me, the Republicans have a majority in both the House and the Senate. They don't seem to care about the will of the American people with that regard. Oh, they absolutely don't. I mean – you know, I mean, my classic example was uh, going back to the massacre at the Sandy Hook Elementary School. Uh, shortly after that, uh president asked Congress uh, to do something very simple, uh, which was uh, to uh, institute background check to eliminate the uh, loophole that exists in uh, gun sales at gun shows. And basically, Congress just told them to get lost. Uh, they certainly wouldn't move by the tragedy of, what, 22 uh, young elementary school students get killed. And I figured, well, if that doesn't do it, nothing will. Uh, they're just completely indifferent to the pain and suffering um, of Americans, uh, the families and friends of all these thousands of victims. Uh, they just don't care. What We're going to take a break. When we come back, Brad, let's talk about what we want and perhaps could prevent a tragedy like this from happening in the future or reduce at least the number of those who are killed in scenarios like this. We'll be back with Brad Bannon and you. You want to join in the conversation? Pick up the phone and join us now. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Leslie Marshall. This is the Leslie Marshall Show. Now, if you could be more heart healthy just by drinking a glass of earthy vegetable juice daily, would you do it? 
Probably not. But what of this performance-enhancing veggie was transformed into a great-tasting circulation superfood drink? It's called Super Beets. And I can help you try it risk-free. Super Beets is loaded with vegetable dietary nitrates that boost nitric oxide levels in your body. And that equals an increase in energy and stamina without stimulants. Dietary nitrates are incredible for supporting healthy blood pressure as well. Now, I drink Super Beets every morning. It helps me with energy. I don't get the jitters. I put it in my protein shake. And by the way, you're talking no added sugar, no extra calories, and it comes in a great tasting black cherry flavor in addition to the original flavor. I feel so confident offering this to you that I called Super Beats, folks, and said, look, this is my new favorite product. What can you do for my listeners? They're like family to me. So they said, Leslie, for the next few weeks, and that's coming to an end soon, so do this now. Log on to LeslieLovesBeats.com. Click the order button next to my picture or call 800-305-6011. And with your order, you'll get one free Super Beats canister. That's an extra 30-day supply, a free Beat the Odds book, and free shipping and handling. That's a trifecta right there, folks, but you have to call soon. So call now or log on to LeslieLovesBeats.com today. Click the order button next to my picture before it all ends. That number is 800-305-6011 or LeslieLovesBeats.com online. Again, that number, 800-305-6011. Talking with my co-host every Friday on the program, President and CEO of Bannon Communications Research, Brad Bannon. Brad wrote a piece entitled Americans Demand Action Against Guns off of U.S. News & World Report. Uh, Brad, uh, let me ask you, though. I am not a gun person. I don't want to take away the Second Amendment, but I don't understand anyone legally being able to obtain 6,100 rounds of ammunition. This is uh, what the terrorists this week had, uh, the murderers this week had. Uh, by the way, I think it was that or more that Holmes had in Aurora, Colorado. Um, my question to you is, even with universal background checks, that wouldn't have prevented these two from getting guns. Both handguns and both AK-47s, as well as the ammunition, were obtained legally, as well as their body armor, as people are calling it, uh, the garb that they had. All th- and, and by the way, uh, and how to make the pipe bomb, you can even get online. Al-Qaeda has a manual. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're right. Uh, but there are some, I think, common sense steps uh, we could take. Uh, you know, again, I go back to the idea that almost every living, breathing American supports universal background checks on anybody who buys a gun, regardless of who it is or where they buy it. Uh, second, uh, the president said this uh, in his statement uh, about San Bernardino. Uh, we have essentially what's being called on uh, Twitter today, uh, a terror gap. Uh, Someone who, for instance, if Homeland Security put someone on a no-fly list uh, because they're a suspected terrorist, uh, there's nothing to stop that person from walking in uh, and buying a gun somewhere. That's ridiculous. Uh, there are all sorts, you know, and I guess the other thing is, I mean, it seems like a radical idea, but up until about uh, maybe 10 years ago, uh, there was a law in the books that, prohi- that prohibited uh, the sale of assault weapons. Uh, who needs an assault weapon? Do you kill deer with assault weapons? No, I don't think so. Um, and then there's the question of the Second Amendment. Uh, the other thing I've seen on the web today are people saying uh, repeal the Second Amendment. And you know what? You don't have to repeal the Second Amendment. You just have to read what it says. The Second Amendment says 
in order to uh, in order to further uh, a strong militia, uh, uh, federal government cannot de- ban the, stop anybody from owning a gun. And up until about 20 years ago, the Supreme Court that interpreted that to mean, first of all, that hey, if you want a gun, join the National Guard, which is what we call the militia today. That's what the Second Amendment says. It doesn't say you can. It doesn't say the government can, you know, stop people in the interest of public safety from buying assault weapons. Uh, so you don't have to repeal the Second Amendment. You can just interpret it the way it had always been interpreted until about the gun nuts control the Supreme Court 20 years ago. There was a guy on BBC um, yesterday that said that America's problem is the NRA and that until we get rid of the NRA, these types of incidents will keep happening. Do you think that's an accurate statement or a bit of an overreach and generalization there? Well, I think it's uh, uh, an overgeneration. My guess is there's nothing to stop people uh, from forming an organization uh, like the NRA. Uh, for instance, you can start an organization, uh, you know, the Brady uh, Group that is for handgun control. Uh, there's nothing that's part of America, being able to association. The problem is when a group like the NRA has so much money they can control what happens and doesn't happen in Congress. That's the problem. It's not the NRA. It's the role of their money uh, in Congress. I mean, just for a good example, uh, in 2000, uh, uh, 2014, uh, the Republicans uh, picked up a, a Senate seat in Iowa, uh, the one that Tom Harkin gave up when he retired. Uh, the woman who won it, uh, jo- Joni Ernst, uh, received uh, the NRI spent two million dollars independently, quote unquote, uh, to on ads uh, supporting her and beating up her opponent. Two million dollars. Uh, and don't you think Joni Ernst is going to feel some obligation to voting the way the NRA wants after they spent two million dollars electing her? Yeah, I think she probably does pay attention. Let's talk about the guns. 352 mass shootings, which is four or more uh, people dead, um, in the United States this year. Okay, so we're talking about an average of more than one or approximately one a day, even though it's not happening necessarily on a daily basis. Um, the the one column, common element, because obviously two, there are three common elements in my opinion. One, you know, anger slash hatred. Two, disregard for human life three the gun so let's talk about the gun we are seeing more and more the type of weaponry that was used this week used it was used in sandy hook it was used in oregon and that is the ak-47 now i am not a gun enthusiast and that knowledgeable about guns but i have talked to people who are on the air and off of the air and they have, you know, told me, you don't need an AK-47 to shoot targets. You don't need an AK-47 to kill Bambi, and you don't need an AK-47 to protect your castle. So is it fair that some weapons, especially a weapon like this, c- that can kill so many in such a f- short period of time, should be banned? Or, and I know people get very upset with banned. They get paranoid and think, you know, you know we're coming for your guns. One. Two. And what about what about ammunition? Example. And I know some people say, oh, my God, but to me it's not an infringement on the Second Amendment to say, okay, 
you purchased a gun. What are you using it for? I'm using it to hunt. Okay. How frequently do you go hunting? Once every week on Saturdays. Okay. How much ammunition do you go through maximum on that Saturday? One box. Okay. You're allowed four boxes. Here's your prescription. And every 30 days, you can refill it just like we do medication. Another idea that I have, um, in, in addition to that, is... So, because then you're preventing somebody from getting 6,100. Now, some people say they can buy it online. No, they can't. If you, you know, it, they, there are people I know have tried to get medication through Canada. They don't get it. They get called in or they get a note from the federal government saying, you know, you're not getting it. Federal government has a responsibility to track packages that are coming into us even before they get to us and even before they're opened. We have x-ray machines for that. And in addition to that, so then we have some of the weaponry. With the high magazines, like the AK-47, with the you know hugely you know semi-automatic uh, round capacity to kill so many in such a short period of time, two the amount of um, ammunition, and then three the type of ammunition. The type of ammunition these individuals use, which you can buy legally, can pierce the bulletproof vest of a police officer. It can even, depending on the range. Um, the experts uh, said this week can pierce uh, through a vehicle, uh, d- d- depending on again, you know, the the range that they are at or the distance, uh, you know, between the the shoot of the perpetrator and the vehicle. People don't need this this type of ammunition, this type of arsenal. There's nothing. There's nothing there except either terrorism. Or paranoia to commit terrorism in case your paranoia becomes a reality and you think the federal government's coming to knock down your door. None of these are, in my opinion, covered in the Second Amendment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember, and this was about a year and a half ago, one night I was hosting your show when you were on at nights. Um, I got a call uh, from uh, an Iraq, uh, an Afghanistan war vet, uh, and he also was an NRA member. And we were talking about guns that night, was something we ought to talk about because Congress refuses to do anything about the problem. Uh, but we were talking about guns, and this guy called in, and again, an NRA member and an Afghanistan vet said, hey, listen here, I was in Afghanistan. I saw the kind of damage that people could do with an AK-47 because they were shooting it at me and my friends. And I remember he went on to say, I don't want anybody in my neighborhood or even close to my neighborhood owning an AK-47, and there's no reason why they have to. And you know, I, I think, and we... I think, Brad, but I think, Brad, people think I have to have an AK-47 in case the terrorists come. Now, I hope my, I hope I'm not going to say who it is in case he's listening. There is somebody I am related to by marriage. I'll just say that, who told me over Thanksgiving he bought a gun, and I thought it's because of all you know the terrorism, or because there are you know Muslim people in my husband's family, even though he's not Muslim, he has a Muslim name. No, he believes. And, Mark, I think I was telling you this and the phone went out the other day, or maybe I wasn't, um, that the water supply will dwindle away and we will have no water left. And the food supply is definitely going to be gone. He thinks this is going to happen, you know, in the next decade and that people are going to start, you know, trying to break into homes to get food and water. And so he has a gun to defend his food and water supply in his home. I kid you not. Um, and, and I, I'm just saying, 
I, I, that's my opinion. It's his opinion. In my opinion, it's a bit paranoid there, a bit extreme. But there are people who feel, if the terrorists come for me and they got an AK-47, I got six of them. Well, I think the key word in what you said, Leslie, was paranoid. And I could say, uh, yeah, sure, um, I should own a gun because I might get attacked by flying pigs someday. Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, the government is responsible, and to my knowledge, uh, our great republic has been uh, in ex- existence from two not- since uh, basically uh, 1789, and not once have we been, uh, you know, have we been uh, internally attacked, except for this one yesterday, and of course 9/11. Uh, you know, people. You know, and the other thing that I say to people like that is, do you know what the accidental murder rate is uh, where they own guns? It's astronomical. Yes. People are killing themselves. Uh, small children are grabbing guns and shooting siblings um, or parents or whoever. Uh, those people are putting them to buy want guns, uh, putting themselves in harm way. And anybody who isn't, and again, this is what that vet said tonight on your show, anybody, you can't let anybody own an AK-47. If a weapon like that in the wrong hands, you're going to end up killing lots of innocent people. Uh, and there's just no reason. And, you know, why do we have armor-piercing bullets? You know, deers aren't coated in armor, last time I checked. Uh, there's no reason for all this stuff. And as you said, it's common sense, some of these proposals. Uh, but let's face it, common sense doesn't fly much in Congress these days. Um, right now, and, and this is to be expected after this, um, most Americans seem to oppose admitting the Syrian refugees, and this is going off on a tangent a bit. Um, that's to be expected, I think, in, 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 in the immediate aftermath of a, an event like this, don't you, do you think so? Although Massachusetts, where you are, Brad, and where I'm from, has a poll that showed this week after the attacks overwhelming support to take them in. Uh, overwhelming support for what? to take in the refugees in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, every time I, someone mentions this refugee issue, all I can think of is the Statue of Liberty and that motto on it that goes something like this, give me your, you know, uh, afflicted and, you know, toiled masses, you know, afflicted masses. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's one of the reasons we have this country. We've always been host to people who have been fleeing uh, foreign lands because they wanted their kids to be safe and they wanted a better life uh, for themselves. And we're going to stop this just because these people are Muslims? I don't think so. That's not the American way. I agree. I am a woman. Imagine that. He's a man. He's Brad Bannon, co-hosting this hour as well on this Friday here with me on the only true democracy in talk radio. Uh, Brad Bannon is president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. I am your host, and this is your show with wide open telephones. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 to call. Tweet, follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. I'll incorporate your tweets with Brad and I throughout the hour. Investigators think that as the San Bernardino, California massacre was happening, female shooter Tashfeen Malik posted a Pledge of Allegiance to ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi as it was happening on Facebook 
on a page with a different identity. Her post was made on an account, like I said, with a different name. One U.S. official said they did not know how she made this post. They haven't explained that as of yes. A law enforcement official said it appeared that Wednesday's mass shooting, which left 14 people dead and 21 wounded before the two attackers, Malik and her husband, Saeed Rizwan Farouk, were killed in that shootout with police, may have been inspired by ISIS. But none of the officials said that ISIS directed or ordered the attack. ISIS has called for people worldwide to launch attacks in its name, but it is not known to have claimed credit for what happened in San Bernardino. And at a press conference today, FBI official David Bowditch said authorities are officially investigating the massacre as an act of terrorism. Now, is everybody happy that you get to call it terrorism and that it's been defined? Because that seems to be a big deal to Americans. He said, by the way, some of my best friends who live overseas, my best friend who lives in London, said, what is it with you guys having to define it? They don't do that in other countries. Anyway, Bowditch said a number of pieces of evidence pushed authorities to launch a terrorism investigation. He noted some phone conversations between at least one of the San Bernardino shooters and other people that are now being investigated by federal officials. I don't think smashing the phones kept who they were talking to a secret, hopefully. No one has been arrested in connection with this massacre. They said this is looking more and more like self-radicalization. Another official said authority. So in other words, somebody goes online and they start reading things. They start believing things. They become radicalized. Allegedly, she, much like the older son I have brother allegedly did, sucks her husband into this, starts buying stuff, planning, and then the day comes. Almost well, like not- the Planned Parenthood shooter read stuff online that wasn't true, got radicalized and killed people. But it's weird that that's not terrorism. No, exactly. Or that the young man who killed people in a church because they were black wasn't radicalized by a racist organization yeah, that he was weird. a member of. Or Timothy McVeigh by an anti-federal and anti-government organization. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, no, uh, no one has been arrested in connection uh, with the massacre. Like I said, authorities and law enforcement are saying it's looking more and more like self-radicalization, um, which is frightening and dangerous. But then again, better than if ISIS had sent these people here to do this or if they were uh, officially with CNN. We always have breaking news that we share with you. From CNN, under federal law, the term terrorism refers to any violent or dangerous crimes that appear to be intended to either, one, intimidate or coerce the civilian population, to influence government policy by intimidation or coercion, or three, affect government conduct by mass destruction, assassination, or kidnapping. One could argue any of the 352 mass shootings have flavors of that. Now, another official said authorities have not ruled out that others may have influenced this radical view. In addition, the law enforcement source said investigators have a greater focus on whether the shooting occurred after a workplace issue with religion. Farouk's relatives had no idea why the couple burst into a holiday luncheon for Farouk's co-workers and viciously opened fire. That's what their lawyers have said. By the way, their lawyer, in my opinion, sucks. He's not doing any good. He said there was no difference between these Muslims and other Muslims. Are you kidding me? Does he, I don't think he even realized what he said. And he also said the two of them were handcuffed, so how could they have shot police? Uh, I don't think he's doing this family any favors. But uh, Nor did they have an idea the couple had a makeshift bomb lab in the apartment they shared with their six-month-old daughter. This is what I understand. You're making bombs. They could go off. 
You have a baby, six months, going to have some belly time, crawling around. My kids walked at nine, ten months of age. You're definitely crawling by six, crawling around. Pick up that little yellow car that your parents are rigging. Absolutely insane. The mother was there too, Farouk's mother. Nor did they know either of them were radicalized. Now, the Farouk family attorney is David S. Chesley. And he told Chris Cuomo on CNN, quote, it just doesn't make sense for these two to be able to act like some kind of Bonnie and Clyde something. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't add up. Neither Farouk nor his wife had gotten into trouble with the law, according to police. Neither was on any list of potentially radicalized people. It is not known what connections the wife, Malik, who was born and raised in Pakistan and moved to Saudi Arabia around the age of 19, had with any terrorist or groups before the San Bernardino massacre. Now, investigators are exploring Farouk's communications with at least one person who was being investigated for possible terror connections. Some were by phone, some were on social media. This appears to be soft connections, an official said. And what that means is they were not frequent, not frequent contact. His last communication with that contact was months ago. The FBI wants to interview some of those contacts to learn more about their conversations with Farouk. Now, a federal official said Farouk has overseas communications and associations, but it is not clear how relevant they are to these shootings. We don't really know what they mean. They could be relatives. They could be friends. They could be her relatives. Family lawyer Mohammed Abu Shahid said that Farouk traveled twice to Saudi Arabia. In 2013 for Hajj, which is the annual pilgrimage to Mecca that Muslims are required to taste at least once uh, in their lifetime. And then again, he went there to marry his wife. He met her through, what did I say? What did I say, guys, before I even knew this? What did I say? Marky Mark, do you remember what I said? How we met her? Do you remember what I said? Uh, I, I don't, sorry. Online. Oh, online. Yeah, I thought you were going to say a specific thing And I'm going to bet online. you that that if she's where I'm going to bet you there are some women that are radicalized looking for the American loner guy who's looking to get married. You know what I mean? And and that's what I think she did. I'm not. It doesn't excuse his behavior. I'm simply saying I think she was Eve here. I really do. And I think we're going to find out more about that. Uh, but they did meet online, which is what I thought, through an online dating service. It's not really an online dating service. It's an online find a spouse service, uh, I would imagine, uh, in their culture. Um, FBI official David Bowditch said he went to Pakistan as well, um, but the lawyer denied that. Farouk and Malik kept to themselves in California. The lawyer said the interactions they did have with relatives did not hint at any significant change in their thinking or demeanor, any turn to Islamic extremism, or any sign they were plotting a mass killing. Uh, He said there was nothing to show that she was extreme at all, and Farouk was a normal guy in every sense of the word. Now, it was not that Farouk's family denies the couple carried out this massacre, okay? Let's be clear. They're not denying they did this. They're just shocked. Why? How? Because they didn't see a change in this people's behavior. They're very shocked by it. They're very remorseful. They're very sad. Now, don't misunderstand, okay? I'm going to use a different example. When Jeffrey Dahmer killed the more than a dozen people that he killed, men, young boy, The father of Jeffrey Dahmer said how horrific this is for the victim to have experienced this and for the victim's families to lose their loved one like this. And he said, but nobody understands that there's a suffering of the murderer's family. 
Farouk's mother lost her son, her daughter-in-law, has a six-month-old child, probably has death threats and people hating her, and doesn't understand what happened and is probably, as any mother does, blames herself. Why'd I let him marry her? Why'd I let him go to Saudi Arabia? Why didn't I notice? Why didn't I pay more attention? What were they doing in that room all that time? Understand? And that knowing her son and daughter-in-law were responsible for taking those lives and wounding those other people. When somebody murders somebody, there are so many victims. The person or person's lives they take, the family members and friends and co-workers of those people, the children of those people, their own children, their own family members. I mean, it's just, just so much, so much pain, so much beyond the carnage itself. It doesn't mean they can explain it, though. So in other words, they're not denying that they did this. They're, they're, they're saying, look, you know, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. They're just saying they cannot explain it. Uh, the shooters did not make it easy for authorities, by the way. Like I said, the hard drive from their computers is gone. There were two relatively new cell phones found smashed in a garbage can near one of the crime scenes. And Bowditch called this an attempt to destroy digital fingerprints. So obviously they're trying to protect somebody, I would imagine. I'm wondering if it's her dad. Authorities haven't ruled out what President Obama called mixed motives, meaning that Islamic radicalization and workplace grievances both could have driven this attack. San Bernardino Police Chief Jared Bergeron said that there were indications Farouk appeared angry when he left the party on Wednesday at the holiday luncheon at the Inland Regional Center, and then he returned heavily armed. Now, the Farouk family lawyers did not speculate on his reasoning, though they did. the, the attorney said that at some times co-workers have done silly things like made fun of Saeed's beard. One of Farouk's colleagues, Nicholas Thalassinos, liked to discuss religion and politics. He was one of the people killed in the attack Wednesday. Farouk and Thalassinos reportedly, Thalassinos is a devout Messianic Jew, which means he's a Jew for Jesus, by the way, once had a heated, passionate discussion, according to Kulimi Stevens, a friend of Thalassinos, who had called him at work. The men were sticking by their strongly held positions, he said, but they were not fighting. He said, Jennifer, who was the widow of Thalassino, said he was very verbal about terrorism. He was very upset about what ISIS had been doing and the radicalization of Muslims. No one, not family members, not co-workers, not neighbors, had anything or knew anything or saw anything to suggest that this bloodbath was coming. Farouk was a regular at the Islamic Center of Riverside in California. The director of that center, Mustafa Kuka, recalled seeing him seeking advice about his new wife and her transition to America. He said he seemed like someone very genuine to establish a family on a good foundation. And before Farouk kind of disappeared abruptly, the Islamic Center director knew him as a quiet person. He looked like someone who was peaceful. He was nice. He attended mosque twice a day up until two weeks ago. And some people are angry with the center's director for not reaching out and finding out why. But he said, look, I have 300 parishioners. You know, I just assumed maybe he went to visit her family or new in marriage or with a new baby. You know, or somebody was sick or they're on vacation. He can't call every 300 members every time somebody misses a week or two. When we come back, we're going to talk with you. I'm going to talk with Brad Bannon. He is our co-host in this hour, and I want to talk with you. Democrats say San Bernardino is about guns. Republicans say it is about terrorism. Who's right? Who's wrong? Or are they both right? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. How can we as Americans go about preventing the next mass shooting? 
Forget the defining. Forget the sorry and prayers. We all know we're sorry. We all say prayers. How can we go about preventing the next? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. The cops use tanks in San Bernardino. And some people have been critical of tanks. We saw that in Ferguson, Missouri. Many people fear the police are becoming militarized. Is it necessary for police to have these weapons in their arsenal and why? 8886 Leslie. 888-653-7543. And something I want to discuss with Brad and you, Trump's support is up to 36% now in a recent CNN poll after arguing that we should have a Muslim database in America, which is against the Constitution, killed the families of terrorists in international war crime, and told everyone that the couple from San Bernardino were terrorists because of their name, blatant racism. What does this say about Republicans or Americans. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. We'll be back right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 8886 Leslie. Um, of, uh, you know, investigations and days past the massacre that took place two days ago. Um, Brad, let's take some calls. But before we do, um, Democrats say San Bernardino is about guns. Republicans say it's about terrorism. Are they both right? Do both need to be addressed? Uh, It looks like they're both right. Uh, You know, I want to say something about the terrorism angle, though. Uh, I watched the uh, FBI uh, director's, uh, assistant director's press conference in San Bernardino today, um, and he said, and his exact words were, we're investigating this as an act of terrorism. Uh, then I started seeing the headlines uh, on the cable channels uh, and on uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and the headlines were FBI officials says attacks uh, were act of terror. That's not what he said. Uh, you know, I mean, it reminds me of uh, Mark Twain's uh, famous saying, uh, lies go halfway around the world while the truth is still tying its shoes. Uh, I think we have to be a little careful here. Uh, but, you know, if it is an act of terrorism, uh, both parties are right. Uh, let's take some calls. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. And we started out with Sam in Cleveland, Ohio. Line 1, Sam, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us, listening on iHeartRadio. How are you? All hey, right. Sam. Hi. Thanks for your patience. What's your take on this? Listen, you know, I just had a, an exchange today with an NRA activist regarding, you know, the gun angle on this. And we were debating common sense restrictions you know, expanded clips, armor-piercing bullets, 
kind of things you really need to get rid of. And assault rifles, especially the, the really high-powered ones. Um, this guy invoked imagery of, of patriots fighting the, tyr- the king's tyranny, you know, in the Revo- Revolutionary War. And I just wouldn't have any part of it. He, he was saying that he has the right to have any kind of weapon that our military has uh, so that he could take down our government if he saw fit. And I and it's like, are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding me? You're Sam, hold that cheating. thought, sweetie. Hold that thought. I want to hear more yeah. about this. And I know a lot of people agree with you. Some may disagree. We'll be back, Brad Bannon and I, with Sam the caller uh, from Cleveland. Hang tight. You want to join us? Eight 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 six Leslie. Back in a moment. I'm Leslie Marshall, he's Brad Bannon, co-hosting on this Friday and every Friday with me, usually in the last hour, but he's with me this hour as well. Let's go back to our callers. Sam in Cleveland is patiently holding uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, on line one. Uh, He's listening on iHeartRadio. And Sam, thank you for holding. You said when you were relaying an exchange that you recently had with an NRA member who feels that that Second Amendment entitles them to have every type of weaponry ammunition, et cetera, that our, our military does, that our law enforcement does, that it's his right. And, and it, it sounds like you were – you sounded very emotional, very passionate about I this. W- I was. I, I was – you know, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, first of all, because, you know, what I did was I, I called him out on it. I, I, in, in essence, what he was saying was he has the right to shoot our sons and daughters in the service because he feels the government is somehow tyrannical his definition of whatever that is, okay, which is certainly different from my definition. Um, so I told him, I said, you, you want to you be able to kill my son, you want to be able to shoot my daughter that's in the service with the same kind of weaponry, and he agreed. That's what he wants. I mean, so this is what we're up against. It's ridiculous. These people do not want to give an inch. And, and, and it's also why now... You're seeing people resisting a ban on selling selling assault rifles to people on a terrorist watch list. That's because some of these people are are potential domestic terrorists. I'm telling you, they don't they know that they'll end up on a, on a list because they're nuts like that. It's ridiculous. We we've got to do something about this movement. It's, well, it's you know, one of, one, of, one of the things that people don't understand is that the freedoms that you're co-worker, acquaintance, buddy is, is, is saying is his right and that the NRA is fighting for allowed those two people yesterday to legally obtain those weapons, that ammunition, and that garb. Absolutely. And, you know, we're looking at, at that ammo and then you look at all the other mass shootings and just the fact that, you know, most of these mass shootings, not this one, but most of these other ones, you know, come to an end when they have to stop and reload. And these guys have 30 clip capacity clips. You know, if we cut that in half, you're cutting death in half. Um, you're, you're giving them less of an opportunity. Look, to, look no, to, nobody, to nobody should, nobody should die. But if one yeah. died as opposed to 14, right? 
or 13 yeah. as opposed to 14. If one more life could have been saved by some gun control legislation regarding the weapon, the mag, the magazine clip, or the bullets, why not? Brad? Absolutely. Well, I absolutely agree with your caller. Uh, a couple of facts. Uh, fact number one, right now uh, there is no limit on number of uh, bullets you can have in a magazine uh, for an automatic weapon. Uh, the president proposed a couple or a few years ago, uh, I believe that uh, they ban magazines that contain more than 30 rounds. Um, and I remember I was in Washington when it happened, and every police chief, chief of police in the country was in Washington lobbying for this bill because they said they, their, you know, their cops were getting outgunned uh, by people with AK-47s, and they begged Congress to uh, limit the magazine capacity. And of course, Congress completely, uh, annoy, uh, you know, ignored them. The second thing uh, I'd like to comment, you know, you brought up this, and you made a very good point uh, about the Second Amendment. Uh, let me read the Second Amendment here. It's one line. Uh, a lot of people like this guy you were talking about uh, who talk about the Second Amendment have probably never read it and have no clue what's in it. But this is what it says. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, it's clear from the debates at the Constitutional Convention in 1787 and 1788 that what the founders meant by this was they did not, they were uh, worried that someday the federal government uh, would, uh, would uh, ban state militias. And today we call militias National Guard. Uh, and they felt if there were no state National Guard, the uh, people, the state people in the states couldn't defend themselves against an oppressive federal government. Um, we, have, we had militias then. We have National Guard today. And up until about 30 years ago, when Reagan appointed all these gun nuts to the Supreme Court, the court said basically uh, that if you wanted to own a gun, join your state National Guard, because that's what the Constitution says. Uh, and they also said in the same rulings that uh, the state or local government and the federal government had a perfect right to take actions on guns uh, for the sake of public safety. Uh, in fact, uh, Warren Berger, who was uh, Nixon's uh, chief justice to the Supreme Court, uh, said that the interpretation of the Second Amendment that means anybody can own any kind of gun uh, is complete BS. Uh, and, you know, I wish people who, you know, say, hey, I could do anything under the Second Amendment would actually read it. Uh, they might think twice. Okay, thank you. And thank you for your call, um, Sam, there in Cleveland. Appreciate it. Let's uh, go more to calls now. Chris in Charlotte, North Carolina, line two on iHeartRadio as well. Chris, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, a dozen or more might have been saved if somebody in that conference room had a gun. And I think it's kind of absurd. I, I'm, I was almost thinking I was listening to a, a recorded show from last week or something when you and that other guy were talking about how paranoid uh, the NRA is uh, that a terrorist might, I don't know, bust into a conference room and start shooting people. Uh, two days after the fact, you're... you're you're trying to call them crazy and paranoid because they think. But you're not. You're not. You're listening to pieces of what you want to listen to. If if you hear what was said in its entirety, and this is live, one, 
the very laws that you were pushing for enabled these individuals to obtain the weapons and the ammunition they did legally. Legally. Okay. Don't so you want anything think- in place that can prevent so many people from being killed in such a short period of time? Now, another thing. There have been individuals, even Republicans, even NRA members who've been on this show who are experts in weapons, which I am not, who are experts in shooting. We've had snipers on the show and people that train others to shoot and have worked with the CIA, the FBI, the military. The list goes on on this show over the years. And one thing they will always tell you is, you know, you're not going to have a gun strapped to your body if you're working in an office. So even if this was not a gun-free zone, it was not a gun-free zone in Oregon. And the shooter still was able to achieve what he achieved with legally obtained weaponry. So, one, don't you think that if we had some kind of control which prevented somebody from having 6,100 rounds of ammunition, because I think you'd agree nobody's looking to shoot Bambi with that amount. They're looking to harm on a massive scale. Okay, a terrorist, by definition, engages in illegal activity. You don't think they'd find a way to find that weaponry? I think it would be harder. And I think that if we had more, I mean, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason that Australia's people say has oppressive gun control laws. Okay? They don't, they have not had this type of violence. Japan, almost nobody has a gun. They have not had this type of violence. Even London one of the largest cities in the world. The constables do not carry guns. Sure, the police have guns for, spe- for special missions. They, they, you just don't, you don't have guns. Are there people that get guns or have guns? Yes, obviously. You're absolutely right. But even if every single person in that building were armed, they're not going to be carrying their weapon on, the, on them fully loaded, one, two. You know that anybody, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, who, who uh, they, I think they're all terrorists, these 352 mass shooters personally, for all different reasons, or the guy who breaks into your home, they have the upper hand, and you know that, not because of the gun, and I will admit that, because of the element of surprise. Number one, read The Art of War. We all know that. And then on top of that, it is different to own a weapon than to be trained to use it, even if you've gone to the shooting range to pull the trigger on another human being is not as easy as it looks in the movie or video games. No, I, I would hope not. And, and, and I think you're going to find, I don't know what the statistics are, but I'm going to guess 99.9% of NRA members have not been involved in uh, mass shootings going berserk. Well, wait, wait, wait. We don't know. We, wait, we don't know that. I mean, we, oh, we these two, I would I imagine these two people are not part of the NRA. However, I, let, let me ask you something, Okay. We've had, do you know how many mass shootings we've had as of Wednesday? No. 352 this year. This year. Do you know what mass shooting, the definition of a mass shooting is? I'm assuming more than one person. Four or more. Okay. So let me ask you this. Where was your outrage and why weren't you calling me 300, 300 ago, 50 ago, four ago? How come nobody cares about the person who kills black people? The person who kills people working at Planned Parenthood. The student who's pissed off that he didn't get into college or angry at the girl and all her friends at college who dissed him. The person who's the employee who got fired or angry because he wasn't given the promotion or the, ra- the raise or wasn't a reporter. Aren't those all terrorists? Yeah, I, I think to answer your question is I, I must hate all those people and not care that they, got, they were murdered. 
That's an absurd thing to say, Leslie. No, you're not following me. You're not following me. I'm 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 saying that I'm saying that everybody wants everybody armed because there's a terrorist out there. But so 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 you want everybody at Planned Parenthood armed. You want everybody at churches armed. You want every black person armed because white people hate them. How about women? Because there are men anti-women. All kids on college campuses. Hell, why not have my seven and eight year old go packing to school? Are you insane? No, but let me let me answer another question that you posed. Is it terrorism or is it guns? If the guns exist without the terrorists... No, 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 I did not ask that. This, according to the FBI, is looked at as a terrorist attack. In my opinion, all 352 of those shootings were terrorism, in my opinion. Okay. Based on the definition of terrorism, they were terrorism. Planned Parenthood, terrorism, based on the definition. Now, what's to be done? Is your other question? How do you how do you stop this? Right? Yes. Okay. I think what we need to realize it was something that the enemy realizes is that they're at war with us. Whether we want to admit that we're at war with them or not, they're at war with us. So I think, and with the databases and everything we know about who's coming from where, I think you shut down immigration from those countries where these people are, and you don't let people no, 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 from our no, no, country. No, 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 you, 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 this is the prejudice again. This is the prejudice. He was an American. He was born she in wasn't. Illinois. That's the country he's from. This one. She wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't. So you're saying that? Okay. He so what, are you married? He went there. Are you married? married. Are yes. you married? I am. So if you're if you decided that when when you weren't married and you went on vacation to Cancun, okay, and you met some hot blonde from Germany. You shouldn't be able to marry here? Oh, that's okay, because it's not a Muslim country. Not during World War II, I shouldn't have been able to. What? Not during World War II. That's right. Were we going to Japan and Germany, and were they coming here when we were at war with them? Let me ask you another question. We didn't allow anybody into this country in World War II. You're kidding me? Germans came into this country. Not only Germans, the Pope. The Pope himself and the Catholic Church provided what was called the rat trail from Germany through Italy to South America. People like Joseph Mengele, Eichmann, please, don't talk legally, to me about who was allowed who were, where. People were legally coming in and out of this country from Japan and Germany. Germans were allowed. There was, there was, there was no, During nothing. The war. Germans were not put in concentration camps in this country. Japanese Americans were because Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, even though Germany was killing over 11 million people in a genocide. Yeah, I, know, I know FDR did that, but what's your point? I mean, the point is you don't have people from countries you're at war with coming in and out of your country, and your people aren't going in and out of theirs. That We're not happen. at war with Americans. We're not at war with Islam. We're not even at war with Pakistan. I didn't say Islam. I said countries. Countries. People are coming so, from countries. So every, everybody from a Muslim country is responsible I didn't say for the actions country. of that few. I said nothing about religion. I said the countries these people are coming from has got to be well known. They really? know where these people are coming Yes. Really? What, yes. what country did Timothy McVeigh come from? He's from the United States. Okay, so should we just deport our own people? Yeah, definitely. That really? makes sense. What country yeah. do the 19 hijackers come from? Uh, they came from various countries, did they not? Right, right. Do you know one of? Do you know one or two of them came from Germany? So Germans shouldn't come here now either, correct? He was a German citizen. He was born in Germany. 
Jihadi John was a British citizen. Should should anybody from the UK be allowed to come here? Yes, but okay. Now you're listen. There's got. There's don't tell me. You said you it's know, not Muslim. You you're, you're, so you're it's, you're it's saying not. it's countries. It's so not, just I be am, honest. Just be honest. You, you don't want anybody coming here from a Muslim country, even though there are Muslims in other countries and there are terrorists who aren't Muslims in other countries. I'm saying if you look at the statistics, you would probably see a high, high percentage of people who have done who have done terrorist or who are performing terrorism. A high percentage of those people came from a certain number of countries. Muslim or not, you can let the, let the data say. And I think it's a reasonable safety measure to say, But you this know is what? what I go back to, the original question I asked you. There were 352 mass murders, massacres, gun massacres this year. Okay? One. Right. One of the 352, the perpetrators in those 352 was not born in the United States. Okay. So those are our problems. We grew those people. They're our citizens. It's our problem to deal with. It doesn't mean we got to import more. That's a stupid argument. Well, I, th- I think it's own. just as stupid and ar- really. Can I tell you something? Yeah, men, men perform ninety-eight point seven percent of the rapes in the world are men. So should we castrate all of you and lock all of you up because of that? Even though yeah, you're we, not responsible for the others' crimes. We've got our own terrorists, so let's import more. That makes a lot of sense. I don't think we say to every man, woman, and child in Pakistan who could be beneficial to us working at Google or being a professor or being a doctor or being a student that could contribute to our society in a positive manner, that because of this woman who came from Pakistan and we believe was radicalized, we're finding out all this information now, that they have to pay for her sins. To me, that's not only not American, to me, that, that that's asinine. That's that's asinine. That that absolutely ridiculous. Why don't we just lock up all the families of all the criminals in the United States while we're at it? We'll be back. Um, I guess so. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Michael in the Bronx Line Three. Michael, hello, Michael. Hi, Leslie. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Brad, are you? Hi, Michael. Michael. Uh, hey, Brad. Hi, Brad, Brad. Michael, Michael, Michael. Before you make your comment, quick, Brad, did you have anything you wanted to add to what the last caller said? I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I do. I just want to read the first line that's inscribed on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor. Your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. That's my comment. Okay, thank you. Michael? Yes. Do you two have any idea how mad I am at what has been going down? And your last caller is a prime example of what's wrong in this nation, on why there's so much hate and even so much terrorism going on. In answering uh, one of your questions, Leslie, and I'll try to answer both of them, is it guns? Is it terrorism or is it both? I say yes, it's both. 
but it's not the terrorism that these right-wingers want to portray. It's the terrorism with their rhetoric. It's the terrorism that they're enabling guns to be going all around this nation and anybody and every Tom, Dick, and Harry to purchase guns with no background checks, even after carnage after carnage, they still don't want to... Um, they, they still don't want to do any kind of gun safety reform. And as far as I'm concerned, they're just as responsible for the casualties and the murder victims as those that are pulling the trigger. Now, how do we stop this? My two recommendations. Number one, I implore the Justice Department to really take an extensive look at not only those that are pulling the triggers, but those that are inciting the violence, inciting the hatred, inciting the racial profiling. I'm just so upset that they're so harping so much on what happened in San Bernardino, but it's just five days ago that we had Planned Parenthood. That's a terrorist act as well. And ladies and gentlemen, mark my words. Remember this come 2016, because I'm going to twist this around from what Dick Cheney said before. And I'm saying, and these are my words now, a vote for Republicans is a vote for more gun violence. A vote for Republicans is a vote for more terrorism. A vote for Republicans is a vote for more racial discrimination and profiling. Mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, that as long as this hate keeps going on, things are not going to get better, and you will really not succeed in life unless you learn to love. All right. Thank you, Michael. Brad, we are out of time. Have a wonderful weekend, a safe weekend, buddy. Brad Bannon, President and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. Check them out at BannonCR.com. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you to Mark and Andrew. Have a great weekend.